right. Welcome back to Faded Sports Pick'em. Uh, that's Dave Smith. I'm Miles Conner. We're back after a little break. Uh, it's been pretty chaotic in both of our lives, to say the least, the last couple weeks. And um, But we're back. We're going to wrap uh, pretty much everything that's happened the last couple weeks up. Uh, and Dave, let's start with the national championship game, which actually feels like forever ago to me. Um, but this... Got to give all credit to you, Dave. You called it forever ago. Baylor's the team to beat this year. Gonzaga couldn't do it. There's a lot I want to get into this game. Um, Again, was this Gonzaga's best chance to win a national championship game? In my opinion, in the last 10 or 15 years, this was their opportunity. A ton of great players that they, you know, I mean, they're going to have some of them back next year, but this felt like a Gonzaga team that, you know, should have cruised to a championship. And Dave, I'll give you all the credit, man. You called this from the start and Baylor was the team to beat. And man, did they ever look fantastic in this game from start to finish, just like how every Baylor game has gone this entire year and throughout the entire NCAA tournament, just pure domination, just an incredible performance. Oh yeah. I mean, Baylor, it, it feels it feels good being right, man. It doesn't happen often. <laughs> it was a nice, uh, a great, great payday to collect there. Because, um, yeah, it's taking Baylor on about everything you could possibly take them on. I was going to say, yeah, let's remind our listeners that you had them on every alternate spread that I think was available and cashed on every single one. And I'm, I'll tell you what, man, I'm glad I... I decided right before the game to throw a little bit on that because, I mean, that that saved me because I was hammering Gonzaga. And, you know, I felt in that preview show, I was like, man, I, I've just got a feeling Gonzaga is going to just just put him through the ground. And, man, you called <clears> – <throat> excuse me. You had called it, man. I mean, that was just – that was an incredible performance. Jared Butler went off. I mean, this was just a great performance. But sorry to interrupt you, man. Oh no, you're good. Yeah, yeah. It was, it was, it was fantastic. I could not believe what was happening in front of my eyes watching them get up. You know, the first, the first thing I had was was them going getting ten points first. They were up ten to one to start the game, and I was <laughs> yeah. like, "All right, well, I mean, you couldn't really ask for much much better of a start against an undefeated <laughs> Gonzaga team." But yeah, that was tough to see them there. To see, uh, you know, at, like you said, I agree. It was Gonzaga's best opportunity to win the title, going undefeated not losing a single game throughout the year. And this Baylor team just was not a great matchup for them. Uh, Just all in all, everything Baylor did, if Baylor shot what they did in their season, which they averaged about 42% from three, and if they hit that mark, there was no way Gonzaga was going to stick with them. And they Mm -hmm. hit slightly above that, right around 43.5%. And Gonzaga just did not have what it took to, to, to stick with Baylor the way they shoot the ball. And the way they play defense as well, they they had not played a defensive team like like Baylor all year long. So it was a great, great, great game to watch. I watched every second of it with a smile on my face. It was fun. <laughs> it was a like you said, a dominant performance. And this is what we had talked about in the preview show: Can Baylor stop that potent Gonzaga offense? Timmy finished with twelve points, and he was cold. And and granted. You got to look at the fouls. The fouls definitely played into this game early on, losing them. But Dave, I I will say right now, even if even if zero Gonzaga players had fouled in the first half, I still think Baylor wins this game by ten. 
I mean, they were that ready to play. And like you said, they hadn't played a defense like Baylor. They, you know, even in the tournament, they really hadn't faced a tough defense and Baylor gave them nothing. Gonzaga couldn't drive the lane. Their, their bounce passes weren't working, you know, like the Gonzaga team that, that I had loved this year was completely shut down. And it was like a, I didn't even recognize that Gonzaga Bulldogs team. But at the same time, Baylor was like, oh, they've shown us this all year. Obviously, they're going to play this good. Like it was, I think it was a little shocking for some people. As good as Baylor was this year, I know even for a lot of talking heads on TV, it was kind of shocking the way they dismantled Gonzaga. But Dave, you called it, man. You called exactly what was going to happen. And I mean, all congrats to the Baylor Bears. I mean, what what a season. So happy we got an NCAA tournament this year. I mean, that was just awesome. It was a great tournament. Um, some good buzzer beaters. And, yeah, it, and, I mean, that was an excellent end to the season. Um, Dave, I will ask you this, man. So we were hyping that up to be one of the best national championship games of all time. There were a lot of people that hated it because Baylor – dominated so much but I'll tell you Dave in my opinion that was that was one of the best national championship games ever because of of you know David versus Goliath I mean Gonzaga came in thinking that they were gonna just prance to a national championship title and the way Baylor knocked them down I mean it was it was just like Tampa Bay and Kansas City in the Super Bowl I felt you know I, I know a lot of people thought that that was a boring game because of how, of how dominant it was. But for me, it was impressive to see such a dominant performance. Oh yeah. I mean, it was, it was incredible to watch the way that the Baylor dismantled such a, such a great team that we've seen all year long. And, um, you know, Gonzaga did not play the level of competition that Baylor did and Baylor, you know, playing the, the tough schedule that they did, they were going to get those, those two losses. And the fact they only came out of there with two losses in conference play, it was it was a sight to see that you had a feeling that they were going to be able to to not only make the chat title game but but win it there and it was it was great to watch and i i really do think it was a a fantastic game and it was two very high level elite offenses going back and forth and even though gonzaga couldn't pull it all together they still put on a great performance and mm-hmm. it was it was fun to watch from a viewer's perspective but it was it was great to watch and i think that we're going to have a lot of those great, great teams going forward too. just the way uh, that college basketball is shaped in itself. Now there's a lot more talent, more evenly spread. You're going to see more future NCAA tournament uh, have more teams like Oral Roberts being able to mm-hmm. be a 15 seed and, and beat elite competition on any, any given night. And it wouldn't surprise me at all to see another 16 seed beat a one seed in the coming years, just based on how talent is spread across all of college basketball now just there being more athletes overall. I think that's, what's so exciting, man, is unlike in football where we know, you know, the Kings of each conference, you know, whether it's in the sec or big 10 or big 12 pac 12, this tournament showed that, you know, even though there was a year off, I think it gave all these teams starting off on a on a level playing field. And so, like you said, you got Oral Roberts, but you also got these teams like Florida State, who had a decent showing. You've got Oregon State, 
who was kind of a shocker in there. USC, UCLA. I mean, really, UCLA making it all the way. That was insane. You know, um, I mean, just just an awesome performance. And like you said, this is only going to lead to even better basketball in the future. And speaking of the futures, Dave, I know you uh, wanted to hit on the uh, future odds for next season. So I'll hand it over to you, man. Tell me what you uh, what you're seeing early on and, and what you like right now. Yeah, just running through some of these top teams here. You've got Gonzaga being the favorite like once again, um, as they were the they were the preseason favorite last year, and uh, did not lose to the national title game, of course, at plus six hundred. Uh, UCLA coming in second after the performance they put on. They're not planning on losing just about anybody. Johnny Shuzang has chosen to to test his draft stock, but to keep his eligibility. And I'd be surprised if he does not come back next season. So that should be a fun team to watch. Purdue coming in at plus 900 and third there. Kind of surprising for me there, um, but I think this Purdue team returning a lot of great starters and adding another great uh, recruiting class there. Michigan coming in next at plus 1,000. Uh, they've got their big man, big freshman star coming back next year. Uh, Ohio State Villanova at plus 1,100. Two just contenders year in, year out. You can't sleep on. Houston and Alabama coming in at plus 1,200. That Alabama odds right there, plus 1,200. Should be fun to watch because that team. Oh yeah, that's gonna be a that's gonna be a great great team to look at there. Yeah, uh, would, and, yeah, yeah. That oh yeah, be bad to to put a little on Alabama at plus twelve hundred. I mean that's that's they those seem really high, and even Gonzaga at plus six hundred. I mean that's what's so great about early on these odds where you know plus six hundred on Gonzaga. I mean putting half a unit on that and wait and see. You never know, right? But uh, yeah, keep going, Dave. Oh, yeah. I mean, this Alabama team, they've got almost as much talent as anybody in the nation, I think. Mm-hmm. So being a plus 1,200 is worth throwing a little bit on there. Um, Your defending champions, Baylor, are going to be sitting at plus 1,300 there. You've got Duke and Kansas back. Duke, Kansas, and Florida State, and Kentucky, and Louisville, and Maryland, and Texas Tech, Virginia, Virginia Tech, and West Virginia, all at plus 1,600. But a lot of big names you see there, Duke, Kansas, Kentucky, back at it again, looking to load back up and hopefully do better than they did this year and hoping to put on a better performance. Uh, but all those teams sitting at plus 600. And one team I want to look at in particular, which I really think is worth it, is the Texas Longhorns at plus 3,000. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Chris Beard moving up there to Texas. Uh, they've got a great recruiting class there. We're seeing a lot of, a lot of transfers coming into Texas. Chris Beard is going to have a nice squad there. And he should have more talent than he's ever had before with a great coach there. I think it's worth throwing a little bit on Texas at plus 3,000. That's my my early sleeper pick for next year is going to be Texas. And we'll see if that pans out at all. Um, yeah, but I, I think li- Texas yeah. has a chance to make a run next year for sure. I like that, Dave. And, you know, we rode with uh, the San Diego State Aztecs this year. They're plus 3,500. That's not a bad pick. But also in that plus 3,000 range. Uh, you, uh, you were looking at Texas, look at the LSU Tigers. They were a down the stretch. They were a great team. Um, I loved LSU man at plus 3000. And again, this is, you know, you, this far out, who knows what can happen? Obviously you never want to put, you know, half your bankroll on one of these, but if you had like three or four units and, and split them up into quarters or halves, I mean, you could really have some fun with this and, 
and spread it out. I mean, you look even further down the Colorado Buffaloes, who were not a bad team this year, plus 6,600. Uh, Butler's plus 8,000. Arizona State had a decent team. Wichita State, the Shockers, plus 6,600. I mean, there's there's a lot of good value here. But, Dave, that's a – I mean, I'll pencil that down, man. Texas is the early pick. I'll, I'll give you mine, man. The sleeper pick that I really like here, and I don't want to cop out here, but the UCLA Bruins at plus 800 is a ton of value. That is a ton of value on UCLA and especially if they can get Johnny back next year. I mean, that's a monster squad. Um, oh yeah. I mean that, that squad looks like it's going to be almost just bringing it right back. And then, you know, I don't, I don't want to get caught up too much in, in the NCAA tournament because madness is going to happen there, but mm-hmm. that squad proved they were in fact, very underseated and they're going to bring it all back next year. And I think that if UCLA would have lost in the, in the first round, second round, even third round, um, they would not be sitting, or maybe if they wouldn't have even put as much as good of a performance as they did on Gonzaga, those odds would not be as good as they are. So it, it should be fun to watch. And and one last team I want to pencil in here, uh, Keontae Johnson actually announced today that he's planning on uh, not entering his name in the NBA draft, and he's he's looking to get medical clearance to come back there. So, I mean, the preseason SEC player of the year from last year looking to return to the court, Florida sitting at plus 3,500. That should be a fun squad to watch next year. Absolutely. That's, uh, yeah, again, that was a fast tournament, man. I couldn't believe how fast it went over, but uh, uh, great end, in my opinion. Uh, We got the national championship that we had wanted back in November. And, yeah, I don't know if I can say much else about it, man. Just a great end and gets me excited for next year. Oh yeah, it should be another great year to watch. And, and you know, college basketball—it's—it's—it it's, it just ended, but it's what five months away from mm-hmm. now. Well, a little bit more than that, six or seven months away. I wish it were five, but five, four, five months from now, we'll have college football as well. So that'll be another great season to watch. There, it should be. And fantastic. hey, not not to get too homery, but how about our Mississippi State Bulldogs, man? Some sign, wow, incredible transfer signings. Um, you know, Ben Howland is he doesn't want to go out quiet, and you know, we're seeing we just saw what a week ago that uh, Mississippi State football team is in the top 10 uh, for the FPI for ESPN, and and now uh, Lenardi has us uh, top 10 for next year. I mean, that's that's uh that's pretty uh that's pretty crazy for us Mississippi State fans. Oh yeah, I mean, um, Ben Howland does not make make something good out of this out of this uh, talent that he's got here. It's 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 I expect the, the door to hit him on the way out. So mm, yep. Um, but yeah, the the FPI, I I've always said fade the FBI. I've never yeah. loved the FBI more. Looking at um. <laughs> <laughs> looking at where they put Mississippi State, and I honestly don't understand why they're uh, sitting at number eight there. But, yeah, <laughs> I think it should be fun to watch next next season. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There. And obviously, um, of course, you'll have Alabama loading up again there. It's it's going to be a great college football season to watch. But, yeah, it's going gonna, it's gonna to 
every, everything's looking up for the Mississippi State Bulldogs, but overall as a whole, uh, college sports mm-hmm. have not been better than than this, so it shouldn't be great. Oh, yeah, I can't wait. And obviously, you know, throughout the summer, we'll be uh, getting you ready for the college football season. The SEC is going to be interesting this year, man. I, I can't wait. And obviously college basketball as well. But Dave, another big uh, tournament was the Masters and the first Japanese born player to win the Masters, Hideki Matsuyama. Came down to the end, and the young Will Zalatoris uh, out of Wake Forest, and he was right there the whole time. I mean, uh, Matsuyama's performance was uh, incredible. I mean, he was dominant, but uh, I think another big story here was Will Zalatoris, and as well, Jordan Spieth. Great to see Spieth getting his game back together. Uh, He had had a couple rough years. And I love seeing Spieth and Justin Thomas fighting it out as well. But huge win for Matsuyama. Uh, the week before, the women's championship in Augusta was a Japanese-born player as well. This was uh, – it, it was great to see. It was really good to see. Oh, yeah, it was a fun Masters to watch. And it was, uh, you know, heading into Sunday, it almost looked like Matsuyama may as well just put the green jacket on and play the 18 mm-hmm. holes wearing it. Um, but – yeah, it was it was an incredible performance by him. And it, of course, it is great to see Spieth get his game back underneath him. I would be surprised to, if, if he did not take a major at some point uh, this in this 2021 year. He's, he's got as much talent as anybody else in the field. And we've seen it in the past. And he's looking like vintage Spieth. It's 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 another great, great year in golf. And we'll see what what, what everything what everyone's got in store for us here because we're really just getting started there on the, on the golf side of things with the masters now in the books it's it's going to be a great year in the pga it uh it should be great man it was a uh great tournament and i threw a little bit on Zalatoris coming into sunday just hoping to see the young guy make a uh make a run for the green jacket but it was a uh it was a great tournament um Dave, some NBA, a lot of stuff to get into in the NBA. Uh, and a few little notes. I know we want to talk about Steph Curry. First off, uh, the Lakers could be getting Davis back as early as this Thursday uh, against the Mavericks. And that would be massive for the Lakers, as we've seen. They, without Anthony Davis and LeBron, I mean, they have struggled. It doesn't even look like the Lakers team of the first half of the season. Um, But, man, this would be huge for the Lakers to get Davis back, especially this early. I don't think it was expected uh, that he would be good this early, but, man, this would be massive for Los Angeles. Oh, yeah. I mean, the Lakers sitting at the five seed right now. Um, Obviously, we've seen LeBron carry a Cavs team at the four seed, but, you know, the Lakers heading in with with – Currently, I mean, they're, they're two and a half games back of Denver at the four slot and two and a half games ahead of Portland at the six slot. So unless they can put together a run there, it could look like they, they're they going to be setting up right there in the five slot and having no home court advantage at all throughout the playoffs, of course, barring anything mm-hmm. crazy happening. Um, but it, it would not surprise me at all to see this Lakers team uh, get AD back tomorrow. and look just right back as a championship contender Mm -hmm. but um the west this year is a lot better than the west last year of course it's weird seeing the jazz and the suns at one and two but um yeah 
it's it's setting up to be a really really fun stretch to see down the stretch and of course Steph Curry trying to carry the Warriors team on his back right now absolutely another team uh being carried on the back by a player is the Suns like you just mentioned and Chris Paul has been unbelievable vintage Chris Paul I would say I mean he has been a one-man wrecking ball for the Sun and not just not to discredit any of the of the uh, Suns players but Wow, how impressive has Chris Paul been for you, man? I mean, it's been incredible. There's there's no doubt he's one of the greatest point guards to ever play this game in my eyes. And just watching him be be a new addition to the Suns team and all of a sudden they're sitting at 41 and 16, you've, you've got to give all the credit to him. And obviously, DeAndre Aiden averaging a double-double, it's great to see him come into his own. And, of course, Devin Booker, the leading scorer on, on the team, has has been nothing short of incredible, but those guys would not be putting up those numbers without Chris Paul at the helm. So he's been great to watch this season. And the Suns team looks like it could be poised to make a, a deep Western Conference Finals run, if not farther, um, in this year's playoffs. It should be fun to watch. And now, Dave, we want to talk about our boy Steph Curry and just the... I guess you'd call it disrespect. I mean, the I'd fact, say so. Yeah. The fact that he isn't getting more love right now is insane. I understand he's playing for Golden State, who obviously is not a contending team this year, but this is a Golden State team. I mean, it's not like, you know, not to throw shade on any on any team, but it's not like this is the Orlando Magic we're talking about here. You know. Steph Curry has been an absolute star, if not the face right behind LeBron of this league for what over a decade at this point. And he is playing some of his best basketball of his career right now. And, you know, dragging the Warriors to stay in some of these games. And, you know, obviously we're, we're a betting podcast. The overs on his points has in the last 10 is nine and one. And I hammered it tonight. Um, and, and they are, high. I mean, the points total is incredibly high. You know, he, it's been between like 36, 38 points. I know one night his over under was, uh, 40 points and he easily smoked that earlier this week. Um, I mean, Steph is firing on all cylinders right now. And I cannot believe, especially with AD out with LeBron out with James Harden out. With KD out for a little bit, how is Steph Curry not in the spotlight right now? I mean, it's crazy to watch. He's putting up better numbers than he did in his unanimous MVP season, and he's not even being talked about for that award. And now, finally, Steph's had to to, to go on this tear here to actually get some recognition. And, you know, it's it's what it comes down to that it's it's the MVP is not the most valuable player it's one of the best players on one of the best teams. And if the Warriors don't, um, I mean, if they can't get any higher than the nine seed where they are right now at a 500 record, then he's, he's, he stands no chance to win that award just yeah. based on how the award is done. Cause you've got guys like Embiid playing for the top team in, in the East. You've got Jokic playing for uh, the Nuggets. there, one of the top teams in the West uh, looking like two of the, the two real MVP contenders right now. And 
Um, there's just there just needs to be more talk for Steph Curry for this award because he truly is the most valuable player in this league right now. And the things he's been doing are unreal, something we've never seen before. Because, you know, he, he changed this game with a three ball it just, uh, several years ago. The way he shoots the ball has changed for the entire NBA, shooting more threes and shooting the threes at a higher clip and changed the way teams have built themselves. And he deserves way more recognition than he's getting right now from the league and from the media. Well, listen to this, man. Before Monday's game uh, against Philadelphia, his MVP odds were plus 10,000. Plus 10,000. So it's not even just the media. Vegas isn't even respecting what he's doing. And again, you've got you've got these great players who who could be shoe ins, you know, for the Nuggets, you got Nickel. I mean, that he's playing out of his mind. But plus 10,000, even if Curry was having a bad year, he is a good enough player. He can never have plus 10,000 odds unless he's injured. Like in my opinion, you can never have that cuz I compare that to LeBron. In a healthy year, you would never see LeBron James MVP that high. You know, especially if he was playing at peak LeBron. And again, like you said, he's playing better than his unanimous MVP season. I mean, this is insane. And I think um, I think last time I checked, he was around five or 6,000 still for the MVP. Um, and again, I don't even know if it's worth putting money on because, like, I mean, you just, you just said it, Dave. You know, it's the best player on a good team, you know, is – is he somehow going to be able to drag them into the playoffs? I don't think so. Um, but yeah, this is just, I mean, the utmost disrespect and even outside of the betting world, you know, I know, uh, especially, you know, both of us love to get caught up in the odds, but you look at the media and there is no love. I mean, even in the highlights, you know, you watch on sports center, it's like, Oh yeah. You know, Curry dropped 42 points, whatever. And it's like, whatever. You know, that is that is insane, man. It, it I mean, it's it's uh, it's bothered me. And I know it's been bothering you. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think that this I mean, this this Warriors team is going to be sitting right on the right on the edge of the play. And hopefully they'll be there, at least in the play. And and if if this team is, is in one of those play in games, uh, you can go ahead and pencil them in the playoffs because there there's no way in hell that Steph Curry's going to allow this team to not make the playoffs. Yeah, and who's gonna? He will single-handedly put them on their back. Uh, similarly to the way we've seen Dame do in past years, and um, but Steph just does it better than Dame can, just because Steph's a better player. No offense to all my Damian Lillard fans out there. <laughs> um, Steph Curry is one of the greatest point guards and the greatest shooter that this game has ever seen. So um, this Warriors team, they're gonna they're sitting at the nine seed right now. They're a game back of the Grizzlies in the eight spot. And two games back of the Mavs, the seventh spot. Um, if Steph keeps playing the way he is right now, you can expect to see the Warriors uh, in the in the playoffs, without a doubt in the play-in, but hopefully in the playoffs uh, come come May this year, not April anymore. <laughs> COVID, um, hey, that's but, all right, yeah. man. I'll I'll take some summer basketball. I'm I'm good with that. If they could play all summer, I'd be good with that. Oh yeah, I mean it's it's. It's going to be a fun, fun postseason to watch. And Steph is going to have this Warriors team in a position to, to make some damage there. And I mean, uh, no shade to the Jazz Suns or even the Clippers, but 
Steph Curry is going to cause a lot of problems for any of those teams that that would have to play him in the first round. So it's it should be a lot of fun to watch down the stretch. Hopefully, he can drag them into a position where his name gets realistically put in the MVP conversation because he deserves it after the year he's had. Mm-hmm. Well, Dave, uh, I want to talk about uh, two other leagues real quick. Uh, in the NHL, there's been a lot of stuff going on. Um, and, you know, I love my hockey, man. Um, Vancouver, after a one-month break from COVID, has come back and beat who was arguably the uh, one of the favorites uh, to go to the Stanley Cup, the Toronto Maple Leafs, two nights in a row. Uh, that comes after Toronto's uh, goalie, Jack Campbell, uh, won his first 10 starts uh, with the team, which is a uh, record for Toronto. And now Toronto's dropped five games in a row. Uh, we had Patrick Marlowe break Gordy Howe's record for uh, most games played in the NHL the other night. That was fantastic. Uh, uh, another great story going on right now is in Florida, the Florida Panthers goalie uh, Spencer Knight. He's 20 years old. My Hurricanes passed up on him in the draft a couple years ago. I'm still kind of salty about that. Uh, He's having an unbelievable rookie season. Uh, Speaking of my Hurricanes, they are, uh, after uh, splitting the last two games with Tampa Bay, they still sit atop the uh, Central Division, so I'm pretty happy about that. Um, And I also want to take a look at the MLB uh, Dave, we've been betting the MLB. It's been a buzzsaw early this year, man. The Yankees have sucked so far. Uh, yeah, I mean, MLB has just been an absolute buzzsaw early on. Oh, yeah. I mean, and just from the MLB side of things, um, it has not been fun. I've, I've done multiple MLB parlays and come just one leg short of winning. But, you know, when betting the MLB, you've got to look at a lot of different things because you've got uh, so many different options, whether you want to do, you can do three inning, five inning, seven inning, or of course, full game lines. And there's a lot that goes into it to say the least. And you've got to take into account so many different things between pitchers and, you know, what the, what the bullpen situation looks like from team to team. And it's, it's a lot to keep track of. And once we, once we get uh, some, some further, further into the year, we'll have a much better grip on what each oh, team yeah. looks like and what, each pitcher looks like. So, um, you know, it'll go up from here to say the least. Absolutely, man. Um, yeah, it's been, been crazy, uh, to say the least. I mean, the Dodgers have been pretty consistent. The Red Sox have been pretty consistent, but it's, it's been a buzzsaw and you, you know, most sports you can ever bet as a fan, but especially in MLB is as crazy as it's been this year. But Dave, we've got the NFL draft coming up. Uh, it should be a pretty exciting first round. I think, man, I think there's a lot of moves that can be made, um, you know, and, and there's a lot of great odds that sports books are giving us, man. And, and it almost, we were talking before the show, this almost feels like a super bowl with all the different props, but Dave, I know you, uh, you really wanted to get into the, uh, into the draft, man. What, what are you expecting? uh for that and also by the way for our listeners we're gonna have a uh draft breakdown show next week uh early in the week where we go over you know much much more into detail but just uh just looking ahead dave what what are you liking early on have you you know have you put anything in yet i mean uh what what's your uh what's your betting forecast 
looking into next week. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's going to be a lot of fun. Hoping to see my Patriots move up into the top 10, top eight-ish and grab that quarterback of the future there. And we'll see more moves from that. I'd be surprised if Atlanta held on to the four pick. They're expecting to move back in the draft. I also believe that the Giants are looking to move back in the draft as well from their 13-ish spot they've got right now. Um, but yeah, I mean, I've, I've locked in a couple of futures props. Expect Najee Harris to be the first one off the board. Him at minus, minus 200 should be great value. I think any team would be stupid to not take him number one after yeah. the year that he's put on. Um, you know, heading into preseason last year before college football, um, it was a lot of, oh, ET and the best running back in college football. And Najee Harris said, hold my beer. You know, he just, <laughs> he just went out there and he, he absolutely ran all over defenses and Hell of the season. some of the best defenses in the nation too. And even did it in the playoff as well against the best teams. So yeah, expect that there. And I expect, I think that uh, just given a, a brief preview to next week's episode, expect uh, I've got Najee Harris, Pittsburgh being the team to draft him at plus 400. I think that, that they'll pick him up late in the first round. And um, that as well, I believe the running back line taking the first round is, is, over under one half. Um, I think that 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 will be the over there because I think Najee's going to go late in the first round to Pittsburgh. Um, of course, we'll have a lot more updated odds next week and a lot more props to go through. There are so many different draft props. We'll be able to make at least a full episode out of it. If not, we'll, we'll go. We, we love to go. Oh, yeah. So uh, <laughs> we'll give you everything and every anything here on the draft looking ahead to next week. <laughs> For sure. Dave, do you think there's any way my Panthers at number eight can get Jalen uh, Waddle? Oh, I, I think that Jalen Waddle is going to be there at number eight for sure. Um, if not him, then Devontae. Um, mm-hmm. I expect J- Jamar is probably going to go earlier than that, um, whether it be five, six, or seven. I know there's a lot of, a lot of talk around him. Uh, linking back up with Burrow and Cincinnati, but I think they'd be dumb to not take an offensive lineman to protect that man of the future because you cannot have him getting hurt again. I think Panay should go to Cincinnati, but um, yeah, it wouldn't surprise me at all to see him go there. I don't think Kyle Pitts would still, still be on the board at number eight um, as just another versatile offensive weapon. Yeah. But I think that uh, whether if, if Carolina wants to go with a receiver there, which I mean, they, they may need to look at their defense, in my opinion. You know a lot more about the yeah. Panthers than I do, but their receiving core between Robbie Anderson and DJ Moore, and of course, CMC may as well be a glorified receiver out of the backfield. Um, they've got so many weapons on the offensive side. They've got to figure out a way to play to play defense against they some of do. these teams. And hopefully, yeah. hopefully Sam Darnold throwing in the ball next year will be, will be much, much better for them on the offensive side of things. But you know, we saw the Cowboys do it last year where they looked like they should have taken a defensive player and Jerry Jones couldn't yeah. help himself with taking CD Lamb. So um, it's going to be a really fun draft to watch for sure. It is. It really is. I can't wait, man. Yeah, we'll we'll definitely uh, break it down more for next week. Uh, but before we go, Dave, uh, looking ahead to this weekend, do you have any games that are uh, must watch for you around uh any any sport really is there anything you want to look at um 
I know we can uh, I know there was a lot of news coming out as well about that uh, Super League and soccer. Uh, I'm going to read up a lot more on that uh, because I, you know, I'm not a soccer guy. I don't want to pretend to be. Um, but I think we can do a little update on that or our thoughts on that next week as well. I just thought of that. But uh, but anyways, Dave, looking ahead to this weekend, man, is there anything that uh, you're really looking forward to seeing or, uh, you know, how are you going to spend your uh, Saturday and Sunday looking ahead? Oh, yeah. I mean, I think kicking off Friday night, there's a lot of great games here. I think that um, Steph's going to have another opportunity to uh, really put on a, a show against Denver in a nationally televised game. But the game before that, Boston and Brooklyn, Oh yeah. I don't think Brooklyn's going to be very healthy. It doesn't look like um, James Harden will be playing, of course. KD might be able to get back for that one. They're looking at getting him back uh, maybe later this weekend, early next week. But if he's able to return for that one, that should be fun to watch. Boston finally getting things looking in the right direction, which mm -hmm. is great to see. Of course, being a Celtics fan myself, it's been nice to see. And I think that's the, kind of the Romeo Langford effect there, but I'm not going to dive into the whole Celtics dynamic <laughs> um, here. But I think the Philadelphia-Milwaukee game on Saturday should be a great one to look at there. Um, two of the top teams in the East, a potential second round or even Eastern Conference Finals matchup there should be great to watch. Tune in for that one. And of course, lines aren't out for these games yet. But, um, and again, the Los Angeles at Dallas game, if AD's back for that one, that should be entertaining. Hopefully, he'll be able to make his return tomorrow night and heading into Sunday. Uh, not a lot of great games on the slate there. The Phoenix Brooklyn game uh, could be fun to see. Milwaukee at Atlanta should be a good one. Atlanta's been playing really well right now. I know Atlanta sit at the fourth slot in the East. Uh, really, overall, a great season for them um, to this point. Just you, you saw them load up on veterans in the offseason. You kind of expected something like this to happen. I did not expect to see them in the fourth slot there. And, of course, props to the New York Knicks covering in 10 straight, winning the oh, last yeah. seven. They've been a money maker. Will it continue? Probably not to the New York Knicks, but we'll see. <laughs> I know I was scared tonight because uh, the Knicks and the Hawks have both been playing well. I didn't want to take that pick them game. Uh, Dave, I'll tell you, man, uh, there's a lot of great hockey games Friday, Saturday. Uh, Sunday is kind of a slower, uh, slower one. But um, uh, Friday night, the Flyers and the Rangers, uh, two teams trending in opposite directions. Rangers have been on fire uh, the Flyers have shockingly had a ton of issues this year. Um, moving on to Saturday, the Hurricanes and Panthers. Uh, again, these are two 30-win teams, um, two of the top teams in the NHL. That's going to be exciting as well. You go uh, across the border up north, Toronto and the Jets are playing. Those are the two best teams in that division. Uh, and then later that night, the Coyotes and the Kings. The Kings have been playing better. Coyotes. Uh, I mean, their record will, will fool you thinking that they're a bad team, but the Coyotes have lost the most games this season by one goal um, and in overtime as well. So it's they've been a uh, decent team to watch. Um, and like you said, man, uh, you hit on some of the NBA games I can't wait to watch. Uh, you know, I would have loved if we could have seen a fully healthy Celtics and Nets game. Uh, and I think the Celtics would have given the Nets a really good run for their money. Like you said, the Celtics have been on fire. 
Um, Nuggets and Warriors is going to be a good game as well. Uh, lots to look forward to. And Friday, I will be sure I uh, get a graphic of all of our picks when we have the uh, the lines out, and we'll get that up for y'all on our Instagram at Faded Sports Pick'em. Uh, but besides that, Dave, uh, any, anything else, man? Um, no, not really on my end. Um, it's been a great, great, great uh, time to watch sports here. We're kind of settling in. We're in this lull right now. We don't have a whole lot of major sporting events going on. Um, but yeah, very excited for the draft next weekend. I think that uh, it should be one of the one of the best drafts in history with all the talent um, mm-hmm. loaded up there for them. It's going to be amazing to see. I don't think we've ever seen a quarterback draft this heavy where it's not unreasonable to think we can have five quarterbacks in the top eight or nine picks. And uh, there's a lot of teams that really need quarterbacks. Of course, my Patriots being one of them. But yeah, it should be a fun one to watch. Look out for our social media with all the lines coming out this weekend. Um it's a great time in sports. We'll have NBA and NHL playoffs here before you know it. So it's going to be a great, great run. Absolutely, Dave. Uh, yeah, man, I, I think you uh, you said it best. The draft is going to be unbelievable. Now Mac Jones' stock is is going through the roof all of a sudden. We're, we are like got to be 99.99999% sure that uh, the Jags are taking Trevor Lawrence. If they don't, that would be probably the biggest shock in NFL history, to oh, be yeah, honest with you. With, with uh, them, with, with Trevor <laughs> donating $20,000 to the Jacksonville Charities and, <laughs> and, and Jacksonville donating $20,000 to Trevor's Charities over the weekend, uh, that was interesting to see. I think you can go ahead and uh, if you're – if you like throwing money on minus 10,000 odds, throw money on minus 10,000 <laughs> odds because uh, that there, there's wow. your lock of the draft right there. There's your lock. Jacksonville, um, in case, in case anyone didn't know that prior, <laughs> he'll, he'll be a Jaguar, poor yeah. guy. Um, yeah. <laughs> well, oh, by the way, before we go, man, did you, uh, did you happen to see the Bengals new jerseys, man? Uh, what did you think of those? Oh, those look sick. It was great to see, uh, old Chad Ochocinco getting to, yeah. to put him on there. He, he kind of showed off for them. Uh, one of the Bengals legends. Yeah, but they look sharp heading into the next season. Hopefully uh, that Bengals team can actually figure something out there in the AFC North. They've got a lot of young talent on that team. If Joe Mixon can stay healthy, and of course Joe Burrow can stay healthy and look like Prime Burrow, mm. uh, that should be a team to watch there because their defense, honestly, is not awful. So it could... Yeah. Uh, could make some noise and of course having the extra wild card team now that that went in last year it, it, it provides an extra advantage for extra ex- incentive excuse me for some of those teams that are right on the border there to really make a push for it because we've seen a lot of wild card teams win Super Bowls in the past so there's no reason to think that a seven seed can't win a Super Bowl sometime that's right man absolutely a lot of exciting things to talk about, Dave. I uh, can't wait to go over the draft next week. It's going to be a good time. Uh, and another great episode, Dave. Uh, this was this was a lot of fun, man. All right. You can follow us on Instagram at Faded Sports Pick'em. That's where you'll see our picks for this weekend. And another great episode. Uh, again, sorry for the delay. 
Uh, we've been busy in North Carolina and Mississippi. It's been a crazy time. But we will see you early next week for our draft breakdown. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks again for listening to Faded Sports Pick'em. That's Dave Smith. I'm Miles Conrad. We'll talk to you next week.